Welcome to this week's The Poem, The Parsha, The Podcast. I'm Rivi. And I'm Adrienne. And we are thrilled to talk with you about the Torah portion and how it connects with a beautiful piece of poetry carefully curated by both of us. Uh, this week's Torah portion is Shalach. Yes, and this week's poem is also kind of Shalach. Honestly. Yes. This week's poem is Tourists by Yehuda Amichai. Um, I will preface this and say we don't have the Hebrew. We only have the English of this poem, and that, I think, is fine. It will have to be fine. That said, I'm so thrilled that we are finally getting to an Israeli poet. Yes. And how perfect is it that we are coming to Yehuda Amichai uh, to read this really wonderful poem that he wrote and that it really lines up so perfectly with our Parsha. Yes, it does. Can you please explain to us a little bit about the Parsha this week? Well, Spies. it's getting very dramatic. It is. It's getting dramatic and they're on the precipice of entering the land and I think I've been saying that for the last few uh, Torah portions. Okay, but this time they really, really are. And some of them even get to go into the land mm -hmm. and they get to spy it out. Yes. Interestingly, we are told here that God commands Moshe to send forth spies. Shalach Lecha, the name of the parasha. Mm -hmm. Interestingly, when Moshe recalls what had happened, he his version in Devarim is, you people Israel asked to go spy out the land. Mm. And so it's a little bit of a dynamic there. A little revisionist history, perhaps. Or taking a look at trying to figure out the, you know, the dynamic of God commanded you to, perhaps after they wanted it. And perhaps, yes. And what do we do when people whine and whine and whine? Sometimes we go, okay, fine. And then something yes. catastrophic occurs, and whose fault is it? Yes. Clearly not ours. Absolutely not. Never. And uh, they go, the 10 spies plus uh, Joshua and Caleb, so it's 12 spies, mm -hmm. go to the land. And you know what I love about one thing in this Parsha is that Latour et Aretz, Latour et Eretz Canaan, I love that it sounds just like tour, tour yes. the land. Yes. And, and that brings us to our, our poem, Tourists. So let's hear it. By Yehuda Anichai. Visits of condolence is all we get from them. They squat at the Holocaust memorial, they put on grave faces at the wailing wall, and they laugh behind heavy curtains in their hotels. They have their pictures taken, together with our famous dead, at Rachel's tomb and Herzl's tomb and on Ammunition Hill. They weep over our sweet boys and lust after our tough girls and hang up their underwear to dry quickly in cool blue bathrooms. Once I sat on the steps by Agate at David's Tower. I placed my two heavy baskets at my side. A group of tourists was standing around their guide and I became their target marker. You see that man with the baskets? Just right of his head there's an arch from the Roman period. Just right of his head. But he's moving, he's moving, I say to myself. Redemption will come only if their guide tells them. You see that arch from the Roman period? It's not important, but next to it, left and down a bit, there sits a man who's bought fruit and vegetables for his family. This poem takes my breath away, and mm -hmm. I remember sharing it at a during a Navi class. Mm -hmm. You know, yes, about what is going to be the redemption, and the first of all, let's confess, I too have been a tourist. How about you? Yes, 
Okay, so we've all been Taurus, mm -hmm. and we have, in very tacky ways, done these Taurus sites. Yes. That's part of the drill. Yes. And there's something that happens, I think, to each of us when we're Taurus, whether in the Holy Land or in other countries. Mm -hmm. We we kind of say to ourselves, I'll tell you what I do. I will say to myself, okay, don't be a tacky tourist. Yes, all the time. But but we can't help it. We're no. tacky American tourists. Yes. And we can't help that. And I was just thinking about that as sort of being a tourist. You know, and I married somebody who's an immigrant. So being a tourist, there is a sort of uniquely American tourist experience that people from other places don't experience and therefore don't understand, especially if they then therefore travel with Americans after. Because Americans kind of can be slightly obnoxious. Yeah, a little, uh, uh, a little colonial, yeah. shall we say. What can we say? A little colonial. Yeah. Well, but these tourists, they've got a mission. Yes. They've got a mission. They're, what's interesting is they, too, pick up souvenirs. Of course. Of course. Very big clusters of grapes. Um, and, and yes. <laughs> so we've got tours, we've got um, souvenirs. We're going to go back to the poem, believe me. It, it says a lot of profound ideas. Mm -hmm. um, but let's set up the Parsha. And yes. so they're about to go into the land. Spies are being sent with a great hope that they will come back and say magnificent things and inspire the people of Israel to go triumphantly, enthusiastically into the land of Israel and... Oh my, mm. does not happen. <laughs> Things go sorely awry. Uh, yeah. They come back and poor Joshua, Yehoshua, and Kalev, they are the only rah-rahs saying, Eretz Avat Chalav Udvash, it's a land of milk and honey. Alona Aleh, we can do this. And others, it kind of starts out good, but then it tanks. And yeah. um, they talk about how afraid they are, mm. about how the cities are fortresses, about how the people are so large, and mm -hmm. about how they're not going to be able to do this. And yeah. it's really deeply, deeply sad um, that they can't conquer the land, uh, that they can't feel good about conquering the land, and mm -hmm. they're going to be fated to die in the desert yeah. all um, all for, for 38 years. I do want to point out, because I think we've been pointing this out all along, there are many who say women did not participate in this. Uh-huh. But that it was the men that were whining the most. And, um, you know, we'll revisit that another time. Yes. Let's talk about uh, Yehuda Amichai's notion of redemption. What do you think he's saying when he says, you know, the tour guide's going to say, ah, forget about that Roman, that Roman kind of arch there. Let's talk about the man who bought vegetables for his family. Well, I'm thinking, I think it's sort of a, this, the spy, the spy experience, right? The spies are, they come back and they're like, and the people are giants and the, okay, but what about the experience of the people who are already there? Like, this isn't some empty, like, field on a hill. This is, there are people living there who are leading lives that have meaning and that are important just because they are. And I think Amichai is speaking to that, but he's moving, he's moving, I said to myself. Redemption will only come if their guide tells them, you see that arch from the Roman period. It's not important. But next to it, left and down a bit, there sits a man who's bought fruit and vegetables for his family. And, and so I have a, a teeny bit of a different take. I'm thinking about it also of what 
Well, actually, it is kind of what you were saying. What is it that you see? When you go yes. into another country, what do you see and what is it important to see? Yes. And so we're not going to talk about how they're on the precipice of conquering a land and killing off all the people. We're not going to focus on that part. No. We're going to focus on the part of what do, you go, what do you see when you go to a foreign land? Do you see the artifacts? Mm -hmm. and, and it's interesting what he lists as the top tourist attractions here. I know. It's interesting. So the Holocaust Memorial. Yes. The Kotel, yes. which he calls the Wailing, which is translated to the Wailing Wall. Yes. Uh, the Tomb of Rachel and Herzl. I love that those are the two tombs. Uh, right? It's interesting. That, they, there are so many others. But I think Rachel is seen as the one who longs for the land. Yes. Yes. You know, Rachel Mivaka Albaneha, she is in Jeremiah. She cries for her children, mm -hmm. and her children will return to the land. And I think, really, very poetically, mm -hmm. Herzl is linking Rachel and Herzl. Excuse me, Amichai is linking Rachel and Herzl. Uh, yes, that was what I was about to say. Was that like the, there's a clear um, there's a clear message here in this particular line of, of these two people. These are the tombs they go and visit. It's almost like, are they mourning the longing? Are they mourning the, in that, in that way that we mourn leadership, right? Like, is that what they're mourning? Are they mourning the longing for the land that these, these two people both experienced? Because here they are, right? And I love that, that we are juxtaposing this poem to the, the spies and to the people Israel who cry and say, we can't go to this land. Yeah. And it's Rachel who cries for her people, and it's Herzl who says, Im, if you will it, it is not a dream. Yeah. And I, I actually think it's quite poetic that we are bringing these two sections together. For sure. I think they really speak to each other. I have another thought. Hmm. Let's map out the places he oh mentioned, yes, because yes. I think they form the, a circle around Jerusalem. Yes, I think they do. So Holocaust Memorial, go yes. over to the Wailing Wall. Yes, go over to Rachel's tomb yes. over on the way to Beit Lechem. Go back to Herzl's tomb. Okay, and then we're going to um, to Givat Hatachmoshet Ammunition Hill. Mm -hmm. He has crisscrossed Jerusalem, and it's interesting that he's. All of these places are in Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's not at the beach in Tel Aviv. Um, yes, right? He's this is... They're not laying on the sand drinking umbrella drinks. Oh. They're... That would be nice. That I mean, like, I wouldn't complain about that right now, to be honest with you. But in the poem, these people... He calls them tourists, but when we think of the tourist experience, we think of, like, lying on the beach. You know, taking a catamaran ride. Going to a cafe. I mean, you go up to Haifa. You can go down to the Negev. I mean, we have done all of those tourist things, but he's yes. talking specifically about Jerusalem. And about a specific kind of tourist that goes to Jerusalem. And these are serious places that they're visiting. Yeah. I mean, I have been to Givan HaTachmoshed many times I'm as sure. a tourist. Um, yes. To watch, to, to see Ammunition Hill, which was the critical battle, I believe, in the 48 War. Mm -hmm. One of the critical battles. And... How interesting is that to juxtapose it to the Roman conquering of Jerusalem? Yes. And to the fact that our Israelites are about to conquer and they are hesitating to do so. Mm -hmm. I, I think that that, um, that hesitation, we don't think about the emotional experience of these sort of big historical moment historical or or scriptural we don't think of them 
And I really appreciate that, that Amichai is taking us, is giving us a window into the experience of these moments. Rather than like, okay, so they went and they conquered the city and they, you know, they, they vanquished the people and they did the thing, right? We don't talk about them in terms of the human experience. We talk about them in terms of the historical significance. And what I think is interesting is that when we take a minute and we enter the text and we think about this through a human experience, to my mind it gives me a richer experience of the Parsha than just like a long list of battles and conquering and vanquishing. And to me, like, that, that is more, that is richer of an experience. I love what you were just saying and it's just honestly remarkable that the conversation between these two pieces the poem and the parsha uh take a look at that first sentence visits mm -hmm. of okay. condolence is mm -hmm. all we get from them well because the israelites are not ready to go to the land mm -hmm. this is said that they were crying that night is tisha b'av the night yes. of av they are going to cry forever on that night um visits of condolence is all we get from them Meaning, when you're the you're the tourist and you come and you look at the Holocaust memorial, you go to the Wailing Wall and you mourn it, the Rachel's tomb and Herzl's tomb and and Ammunition Hill, and why do we have all those places of mourning? Well, was that fated to be after our first you know fatal flaw here? It's our second fatal flaw. Mm -hmm. First was the golden calf. This mm -hmm. is our second terrible misstep. The second terrible thing that happened in the desert that we don't have the faith in God that we will be able to be successful yeah. in Israel. That, that was it, that it's that moment of human, I want to say failure, but I don't mean it in terms of like a personal failure, but a failure in a more, um, ephemeral way. I was going to use the word weakness. Yes. Yes. That's what I mean. Like it is a, this, I feel like we can, we can look at these moments of weakness and understand them. Um, and also just accept them, mm -hmm. accept the flaw of being human. Accept the fact that, accept, how could we, what would you think we would be doing? Would we not be fetching? Yes. Would we not be panicking? Can we really do this? Who of us are ready to jump off that diving board and conquer a whole land? Yes. No, I cannot say that I would feel any differently, yeah. to be honest and, with you. And so let let us not judge. No, it's, this is not a question of judgment. This is a question of um, allowing what is to be. And noticing it. Yes. And And connecting it to our own experiences and to the emotions that Yehuda Michai is describing here yes. as someone who lives in Israel and is anxious for this land to not simply be something that it once was, but to be the vibrant everyday land that Israel yes. is. Yes. And I think, I think when we look at the story of the spies, we can, we can use the sort of imagination of the text to give the land meaning that may not be explicit in the language itself. And they come back and they're yes. trying to share what they saw. Yeah. And, you know, they, we saw these kind of people, we saw those kind of people. And, you know, it's remarkable, I thinking about these spies, 
as we say, they don't get out much. Meaning, (laughs) you know, they've been in Egypt slaves. Yes. Gotten the Torah. They've been building that tabernacle for a year. Mm -hmm. They're now ready to go to the land, and they see their open-eyed tourists, and they come back, and they feel, I, I think, to a certain degree, humbled, humiliated, small, small, small like grasshoppers. And I think um, that's a good way to pull this together. I think so too. I think. I think that feeling small is is a an important piece of this story, and I think it's also an important piece as we go into Shabbat, like thinking of ourselves in terms of our relationship to God. Like, it's okay to feel small because that's sometimes what happens. And yes, here and it is, this, right in the Torah for us to connect with. Yep, and this becomes our story. So Shabbat Shalom, Shabbat Shalom. Thank you for listening. Take care.